P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let it rock! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a tape thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're still home. <laughs> we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk Philip Seymour Hoffman films. But today, oh my god, I'm just so excited. I didn't think we'd be back talking a new film here, Kyle. I want to play, uh, was it Father and Son by Cat Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> That, but that's right, uh, we are not talking a Philip Seymour Hoffman film, unfortunately, but fortunately we are talking a P.T. Anderson film. Yeah, longest collaborator of his, Part 8, Boogie Nights, uh, Magnolia, Punch Drunk, Master, five. There we go. Five movies together. The legacy continues, if you will. Cooper Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, is the star of P.T. Anderson's latest film, Licorice Pizza, and we are blessed Kyle, that we live in New York, one of the two, or the New York area, one of the two places that are giving the early preview for Licorice Pizza. It comes out on Christmas in most places, but New York and LA starting. It's going to open in some other areas. We'll talk about that in a second. We just saw it. We are fresh from the theater. This will be, though, a spoiler free little uh, wrap-up show for Licorice Pizza because we want to give you guys some time to watch it. We'll drop the main episode around Christmas. But oh my god, I mean, I'm just so excited to talk this and I'm so excited to talk about Kufer Hoffman, the Hoffman legacy, P.T. Anderson. We're back. We never got a chance to talk a new movie on P.S. I Love Hoffman. Yeah, wow. I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. So here we are talking a new movie. So Kyle, uh, I guess how you been? (laughs) Uh, I'm doing all right. Foodie film's still on hiatus. <laughs> It'll be back, though. It'll be back It'll be soon. Back. It will be back. With guys. a pizza movie, maybe? Yeah, yeah pizza. Yeah, no no uh, pizza in this movie. There were a lot of food scenes in this movie. A lot nothing of food like, Nothing like key, like, really heavy on, like, uh, you know, like, food porn kind of, like, you know, sense or something <laughs> like that. Like, no one's, like, cooking and really, like, talking about the food. But a lot of, uh, there's a hot dog place. There's a bunch of restaurants. What, what was the name of that restaurant in that movie? It was, like, Captain. This is why we're going to watch it again and yeah, exactly. deep dive and have yeah. it out for you on Christmas Day. Like, again, we I don't necessarily thought... know how I would spoil this movie. I mean, I know what happens in the movie, but it's just so much of, like, uh, not vignettes is the wrong word, but it's just there's a lot of adventures in the movie. They, there's hijinks. There's different. There uh, go getters in the movie. There's schemers, um, and there's a lot of kind of. I, mean, I know we're gonna go through the full cast, but you have Bradley Cooper. You have Sean Penn, and they're not in it for like a long time. I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, but no, no, that's definitely not a spoiler. Great cast. It's yeah. almost like I'll draw a comparison to like how Alfred Molina is in Boogie Nights. Oh, what a great scene! Yes. <laughs> so I guess I'll ask here: What were your initial thoughts on the film? In the sense of basic question, did you enjoy it? 
I did enjoy it. I mean, you give me a period piece, but specifically in the 70s in the San Fernando Valley, and you put some music in it that, I mean, I don't have to know it, but I most likely will know it. And obviously, without being said, directed by PTA, I'm going to be a happy guy. And forget even the whole ridiculousness of the past 20 months and everything like that. It's great going back into movie theaters and to experience that. I guess I've probably seen, I don't know, five movies in theaters during the past. I've only seen one. I've only seen uh, The Fast and Furious, whatever one that was. I've seen. So I've seen like all three Marvel movies that have come out. And then what did I see recently also? I watched those in the home theater. Okay. My living room. Yes. Uh, but all, all that. And then I... Oh, I saw a rear window at the... There's a new... We, we went to the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn, because that is one of three theaters in uh, New York. You know, it's Brooklyn, but there's, and there's two theaters in Manhattan. Yes, um, the Angelica and the AMC. The AMC in the Upper West Side. If you are uh, a New Yorker and you want to see the film, check yeah. it out there. Uh, but there is, just fun news, a new Alamo Draft House that opened up in uh, downtown in the financial district of Manhattan, which I have been to, and I saw Rear Window. Nice. So, yeah. New film, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, Rear Window. <laughs> Are you Bane? Was like yeah, a yeah, it was kind of Bane. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart is Bane. <laughs> you want the moon? I got you the moon. All you who missed us, this is what you missed. <laughs> Um, it has been a while with us, and I have to say, for me too, coming out of this movie, I really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the best films I've seen, well, in the theater uh, this year, <laughs> yes. But no, it's one of the best films I've seen this year, regardless. We both love P.T. Anderson. We both love Philip Zinner Hoffman. And I was a little bit nervous. Do you remember, like, this coming to be, like... We were just, I think, I don't know how we, Licorice Pizza came on our radar. We uh, we podcasted a little bit about it, but it was like, wait a minute, what? Phil Seymour Hoffman's son yeah. is going to be in a P.T. Anderson movie? This is insane. It just makes me like, I just wish I could be a fly on the wall. Like, is like how close is like Paul Thomas Anderson? Is he, re- is he truly like stepping in there? Like, does he recognize him as like, you know, does he look at him as like almost like a nephew or something like that? I just would love to have witnessed that whole exchange. Because we know almost nothing about Cooper Hoffman. He's not going on press junket tours, you know what I mean? He's not like on on a Good Morning America talking about his dad and the legacy and acting. We didn't even know he was an actor or into acting, right? Like, we just saw right. this trailer, or like, there was rumors of this. We didn't even know the title at the time. Trailer drops, and you're like, oh. Oh, because I, I didn't even know what he looked like, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, like, there's definitely moments that you're like, oh, this is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. But there's some, like, he's definitely, like, his own... He's his own man, for his, sure. His own man. I mean, he's he's now, I, had, I looked it up, so he's born in 2003, so he's 18 uh, years old. So, what, 16, 17 years old when filming this. Uh, but point being, Philip Seymour Hoffman passed in 2014, so that's seven, year, seven years ago. He was 11 years old when his father passed away. Terrible, terrible tragedy. Crazy. So you know, another reason I love this film is it is a teen film, a high school film. It's not like we're in the hallways of high school, but it does very much focus on a particular teen's journey. We will be covering it on my other Cage Club podcast network show, High School Slumber Party, as well. So stay tuned for that if you want. Like, there are going to be a bunch of deep dives here. Look, it's early. Who knows? It might not age well in a micro sense, but it's definitely an Oscar bait film because anything P.T. Anderson does gets yeah. at least some Oscar buzz. 
Yeah, whether it's going to be, uh, you know, screenplay or obviously directing, possibly, you know, I mean, how, well, you can have up to 10 films for best picture. And then, I mean, just we've mentioned uh, Cooper Hoffman, but as far as, you know, the, the, the cast goes... You know he 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 is uh, a, a a newcomer. This is his first feature film, as is, but it is for Alana Haim, who you know of the Haim sisters, which uh, PTA has done some music videos yeah. with, and this is the first time she's ever acted. And wow, she's great in it. PT Anderson. You and I both like Wes Anderson, and Wes Anderson, the other Anderson, does his stuff. But Wes Anderson has really leaned on mostly. A-list cast. And yes, we already said Sean Penn is in this movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper's in this movie. There are A-listers in the film. Tom Waits. Tom Waits, yeah. (laughs) But to take a chance on two unknowns and just say, let's do this, let's roll with it. Yeah. And I think they both did such a great job. Yeah, think about the last film he did was with Daniel Day. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. I mean, he's done two films, but Phantom Thread, you know, PTA's last film. (laughs) Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Lady Gaga said she is basically like Daniel Day-Lewis, her quote. Oh my god, what, with her Dracula accent <laughs> and Gucci. <laughs> I want all the Gucci leather. That was her uh, That was her exact quote. Yeah, I which want is ridiculous. all the Gucci leather. No, well, that. Oh. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, basically, uh, she said, I'm, I was basically like Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Don't compare yourself, Gaga. And I like Lady Gaga. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> no, it looks looks like the, we're not going to start getting into Gucci. Looks like they're all having a blast. Jared fucking Leto is yeah, Jesus that, Christ. That looks of makeup. Yeah, looks uh, like Pacino. Oh, Pacino, and just like I'm Gucci. So will it be Lady Gaga, Kristen Stewart, and Alana Haim up for Oscars? If you told me that ten years ago, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, for uh, Spencer. She's the Princess Diana movie. She's getting oh, a lot of buzz doing that. Are you going to see the Princess Diana musical? Jesus Christ. Nicole and I want to. <sighs> because it looks hilarious. <sighs> it's just... Oh, everyone says it's terrible. What, what a oh. way to exploit a tragedy. But we're not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see it because it seems hilarious before it Paparazzi! <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Kristen Stewart was supposedly... Uh, I, that's a movie I might see this week or next week. Uh, Spencer. She was supposedly amazing in that. Um, Lady Gaga, again... She looks like she's having a good time. And Alana Aim. These are not names. These are not the streeps. These are not the closes. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting that there's a different kind of um, actor that... I mean, two of them singers. Two of them singers, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just amazing. Musicians, so... It's cool to see, is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's definitely cool to see. But just back to Cooper for a second. Kyle, you're so right. There were moments where he was just like his dad... But there were so many moments where, again, he was not. like, And I don't mean that in a negative way. He is very green. He is very raw. That's also, I'm sure, like a decision, a directing choice by PTA. But there is the, I mean, just the movie is filled with insecurity and just so vulnerable. And seeing his character and just how much his father emoted with his face and his voice you know it's not like they still have i mean also he's what again he was like 16 17 years old so he's not gonna have the same voice in the sense of maturity and just like but you know 
you know, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman can get really down like that. <laughs> uh, but the his expressiveness and that really did. I mean, besides, I mean, uh, as someone that is called a ham by uh, people that know him well, this character is a ham, and Paul Thomas Anderson also like was probably like you know having telling Cooper. Dive into this. Be the, like his expressions. His you can't see this, but the way like like le- leaning in and just like like looking for the reaction from from the person that he just said something to. Yeah, look. I mean, if you're gonna be in a movie and it's your first movie, Peter Anderson's a great director to do it. So uh, I'm sure he helped him every step of the way. But he, he was great, and it was different. I'm glad you bring that up, Kyle, because. Our, our main man, Silver Hoffman, showed a different kind of vulnerability in all his roles. That's not what we see here. Yes, the character is vulnerable, but he's also cocksure at times, you know what I mean? He's and delusional. Confident. Delusional, but like, like as you are as a kid, though. Yes, yeah. I mean, there's moments of this that have a eeriness to like... Uh, like almost like a Travis Bickleness at some point, a taxi <laughs> driver. That I'm just like, like just even the fact that uh, you know we have a character that ends up working in a political office, and I don't know. There was just like certain like little parallel moments that I just felt like this, you know, kind of great characters, and clearly Scorsese is uh, an influence on Paul Thomas Anderson, and so just like some of those great. De Niro characters of uh, Travis Bickle or Rupert Pumpkin, just like very much, definitely, yeah, I'd say, yeah, Rupert Pumpkin, just in the because Cooper Hoffman plays a child actor slash just like uh, capitalist, I, I, yes, yeah, yeah, ske- schemer. Like again, I don't, I don't know what is considered uh, spoils, what is not, but just yeah, some of the things um, that his character does, some of the things he's planning out. I mean, you know, you didn't really get. I guess from the trailer, you only get the sense of, I thought it was purely about, like, acting and, like, maybe, like, making films with his buddies. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't... The trailer... Talk about spoiler-free. The trailer spoiler-free. But, again, this is not a movie where there's a big hook. There's not a big challenge that they have no there's no well and there's not even in the sense of like to go back to his last film like phantom thread and realizing that like he recognizes that she's like poisoning him and he's fucking okay with that because it's this weird power (laughs) like dom sub thing that they got going on king fest over there in england so yeah this it's just in the end of the day just a journey of this relationship i mean the first shot of the movie is cooper in his high school and like a, what the, someone puts like a what are those things called like a cherry bomb like in the toilet or whatever yeah uh, and then we meet her right away and it's a photo shoot yes there are a lot of cameos but this is not an ensemble at all it is about the two of them um, what P.T. Anderson movies would you compare it to the most Punch Drunk Love right I was just gonna say like it is very punch much Punch Drunk Love Punch Drunk sure. Love it is Different in a lot of ways, period piece. It longer. might be his silliest film. Inherent Vice is pretty were, silly. Yeah, but there's also a lot of like slower moments in that movie. This was getting a lot of laughs. People were laughing and chuckling. I mean... Maybe. I mean, I laugh a lot in Boogie Nights, but yeah. I also cry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 exactly. But uh, no, 100% um, Punch Drunk Love. Again, just in the sense of this 
odd love story, and then it's even hard to call it a love story though, because yes, th- there's a- there's definitely elements of that, but it's this, amb- it's the ambiguity between the friendship and potential romance yeah. that really creates the tension in the movie. Yeah, well, the, well, that's the whole thing. There definitely is this tension at some points, sexual tension at some points. I mean, definitely this power struggle because uh, we haven't said it yet. Her character is 25. He is 15. So there's, you know, we're talking that is a 10-year age difference right there. I don't know how old she is in real life. I can Alana Haim, I have it open. Okay. She is 29. And he and he is she's twenty nine now. Yeah. So it's pretty. It's it's comparable because he's eighteen. So even a little older than him in real life than her character is in the movie. But yeah, it's just this. He's a very cocksure kind of uh, guy that is throwing around. You know, making himself seem a little larger than he is. I guess right. Like that's what I also was kind of getting in the beginning of the film. The way he's like. Yeah, he's big timing yeah. her a little bit. Again, we don't want to spoil too much for you, but. There's so much background on this film that, I don't know, that you could tell P.T. Anderson pulled from real-life stuff. Yes, I remember, yeah, like I said to you, we were trying to not talk too much about it on the on the uh, ride back uh, from the theater, but it definitely made me think that Probably, you know, he's clearly familiar with San Fernando, 70s, there we go, right there. You know, industry, his dad was like, you know, in the industry and everything like that. But this, it just feels like these are stories that he either experienced himself or witnessed or heard, you know, from other friends and everything like that. Well, look at this, right? Like, uh, so everything I read, and again, P.T. Anderson is really keeping his cards close to the vest with this film. He's not saying much. But we do know that a lot of it's based on stories from Gary Goatsman, I believe it's pronounced. G-O-E-T-Z-M-A-N. He is Tom Hanks' business partner. uh, Playtone, if you ever see Playtone in front of like Band of Brothers or something, like it's the two of them. Yeah, so again, they did Band of Brothers. They did a bunch of stuff. Uh, He was a producer in Philadelphia, but he actually was a child star in the 70s in L.A. And he's told P.T. Anderson some war stories. So some of the movies definitely based on that. But if you look at uh, Alana Haim, the character is named Alana. Yeah. He's directed music videos for the band. So he definitely was inspired by her as well. And do you know where they grew up, the band? No. The San Fernando Valley <laughs> of Los Angeles, California. Yeah. And so also her sisters in real life and her parents play her sisters and parents in the parents movie. Parents in the movie, exactly. And then if you Dad, look- Dad gets some really good laughs. In the movie. Oh, he's great. And if you look, and now knowing that he's just like a real dad and yeah. like a dude, that's awesome. It's like it didn't like Aziz Ansari use his dad, right? I yeah, that's his real dad. His yeah, dance, yeah. yeah. Uh, in Master of None. Yeah. Cooper, though, as well. Again, we don't know anything about him. Obviously, we know his mother. We know his father. His IMDb still doesn't like have a photo. <laughs> no, because he, he's such an unknown. But we know he grew up in show business because even yes his father Philip Hoffman but even his mother Mimi O'Donnell of course is a costume designer and I think she's been a producer as well so showbiz parents yeah he's been in the biz I know they were living in New York I'm not sure if they've relocated to LA or whatever but point is like he's not unaware of famous people or surroundings and stuff like that yeah I'm sure in the past at least four to 
five, you know, I'm, ch- I'm thinking maybe by like the age of 13, 14, his mom was like, okay, you can see these movies of your dad's because they really, you I mean, know. who knows? Who knows, right? But I would hope so. I would, I mean. Okay. Though some are. Ooh. No, 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 I, I know. I'm sure she'd be like, hey, just like, you have to like, let him know, like, you're going to see your dad's ass. <laughs> Not he's, he's get, you're, you're gonna be you're gonna be seeing him right behind. Uh, uh, oh God, why am I blanking on the woman that I love from my cousin Vinny? Marissa Tomei. Yeah, Marissa. Oh God, Marissa Tomei. What uh, <sighs> what did Bill Marissa Burr though say when he was doing his Hoffman rewatch? <laughs> fucking fucking tragic or no, fucking uh, like. I forget what it was. It was something along so the lines of just like like, like it's like rough, not heavy. Yeah, something rough like stuff, yeah. Like, Oh god, yeah, and he was specifically talking about um, Love Liza. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, just again, heavy, heavy material there yeah. for sure. Great stuff. Obviously, we love it. But this is what's amazing about this to me in terms of the Hoffman legacy is that like, could Philip Seymour Hoffman have played this lead part? We don't know because he really wasn't acting that young, or we didn't really see him in act- acting that young. The yeah. earliest we saw him, he was maybe like twenty two, twenty. Uh, we technically saw him in a couple high school films. My boyfriend's back, and uh, what's the oh, the Al Pacino one? Oh, scent of a woman. Scent of a woman, right? You got Charlie. Charlie, you got to try the bread. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't the lead, right? I'm so, just getting started. But I just feel like to have a P.T. Anderson movie under your belt, and I don't, even, I don't know anything about this kid. I don't know if he wants to act again. But he definitely can, and I would love to see him in other things. Yeah, let's get him in a movie with Jesse Plemons. <laughs> son of Phyllis Hoffman acting with an actor that played Phyllis Hoffman's son. Whew. I'm into it. Again, we're not going to spoil too many things here about the film. Where I don't want to get into scenes or anything like that. just want to get into kind of how we felt and things. But uh, this cast is super interesting. And <laughs> He's got a younger brother that I said to you, I whispered in the theater. I'm like, looks like he belongs on Fraggle Rock. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Sean Penn plays Jack Holden based on the actor William Holden. Yes. Which is interesting, right? Uh, you already mentioned Tom Waits. It's just like this drunken film director. I don't want to spoil too much again. Yeah. Bradley Cooper plays John Peters, who is an actual film producer. Like, that's supposed to be a real character. Yeah, that was someone that actually, like, dated... Barbara Streisand. I have no idea. No idea, like, about this guy. Mm-hmm. I did read this. So, as we know, Bradley Cooper directed the most recent A Star is Born. Yes. And he was technically, uh, John Peters was a producer on the new uh, A Star is Born because he had produced the original A Star is Born, or one the, of the originals. The, the, the one, the only... The one previous to this with Barbara Streisand. Yeah, the one yeah. with Barbara Streisand. He still owned the rights. And, uh, oh, God, what's that act? Uh, what's Chris, uh, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. Yeah, yeah. He still owned the rights, but Bradley Cooper had to apologize because he has a lot of sexual... Not Bradley Cooper. Uh, John Peters has had a lot of sexual harassment allegations against him. So he's like, oh, he had to have producer credit so I can get the title. I don't know him. There was like a whole thing. So it's just funny that then he would go on and play him in this movie. And also mentioning Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. <laughs> crazy. It's just crazy. Sand. Barbara Streisand. Sand. Yeah. Sand. 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 <laughs> uh, other people who really stood out to me. Christine Ebersole plays Lucy Doolittle. Yeah, who's supposed to be like a Lucille Ball. Yeah, supposed to be Lucille Ball. She's you, know, do you know who Christine Ebersole is? She's like the mom in Richie Rich in that stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But should I know her from something else? 
Uh, I mean, it was like that, like Black Sheep, Amadeus. Yeah, yeah, she's been a ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know if there was like something I was big of. Yeah, yeah, she's a career actor, a really great actor. Um, just quickly looking at my list, how about uh, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, who we know her from uh, the Waitress Sun- from <laughs> the Waitress Sun- from yeah. It's Always Sunny, playing the mom here. I love to think of Charlie Day visiting the set and just like having. I feel like Charlie Cause, Day's because because people don't know she's also Charlie Day's wife. Yes. And so, in real life, yeah, which makes me really happy that Charlie and the waitress are together. <laughs> really, I, I feel like Charlie Day's sense of humor is right up uh, P.T. Anderson's alley. So, just like, like a little dinner party between, imagine, yeah, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, Charlie Day, Maya Rudolph, and Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> that'd be great. That's yeah, that's great. And speak Maya Rudolph in the movie. Maya Rudolph, small role here, but. Again, First great, time collaborating with her husband. Great to see her. Uh, and then Mary Elizabeth Ellis just want to mention that she's also in the New Girl. I think she's like she's a couple. The first season. First yeah, season, yeah. yeah. And uh, Santa Clarita Diet. So I didn't want to just like put her as the waitress and that's always sunny, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you mentioned it. Maya Rudolph in the film briefly. <laughs> How about? And I was like, is it that guy? And then afterwards, I looked it up. Uh, one of the Safty, Safty, how do they Safety. pronounce Safty, one yeah. of the Safty brothers. Yeah, so Uncut Gems. Um, oh Be- God, Benny Safty, Ben Safty. Yeah. He's also going to be, I believe, in... Good Time with Robert Pattinson, I know they did. Yes, he plays like Robert Pattinson's like slow brother. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to be in the Obi-Wan show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the one who's going to be in it? Because I, I knew so. one of the brothers was. Because the, the other brother act? I don't think so. What's with, like, Rousseau Brothers act sometimes, or one of them does? And... The one was, yeah, like, kind of in the scene in Endgame uh, when they're talking with Cap in the beginning. Yeah, and he's, he's, like, he's done some yeah. other stuff. Yeah. interesting. Other people just really, again, I just want to go through... Uh, Skylar Gazondo. Oh, Skylar Gazondo, yeah. Who's also... Who uh, plays Lance Branigan. Yeah, like a contemporary of... I think he's a little older. Yes, he. I think he's. Yeah, he's a little older, but he's kind of a, a contemporary of Cooper Hoffman of of Ga- So I don't even think we said Gary Valentine is, is the, the character's character's name. name for Cooper Hoffman. Great name. Yeah. So they're like they're they're in this little stage thing in New York that the Lucille Ball kind of character is like showcasing. Yeah, and so he's he's great in it. There's an airplane scene that he is absolutely it's just It's just a well-casted movie that, like, yeah, there are some very famous people in it, but it doesn't, it's not based on those famous roles why they were cast. Johnny Greenwood, by the way, also did the score, which is nice to see. Yeah, well, they've been collaborating together, I guess, since Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we saw, I'm sure we mentioned this a long time ago, but we got to see him do a live orchestral pairing with There Will Be Blood at the, what is it, the United Palace? Is that what the name of that United theater is? United Palace. Yeah. Uh, which is theater uptown Manhattan. That was awesome. Uh, a couple other things again, before we get out of here that I did want to mention, just going through my notes quickly. Once again, we'll, we'll be doing our deep dive. Wait for that around Christmas when it does go to wide release. The original title was Soggy Bottom, if you remember. Oh. And we couldn't figure out, we're like, what the hell is it about? Yeah. And so in the movie, that, you'll learn why. You'll learn yeah. why. But I'm not going to call this a spoiler because everyone's talking about it. Licorice yeah. Pizza, which is a it's a name of a record store that existed in L.A. at the time. It's also a nickname like a chain. for records. Yeah, Smaller not in the movie chain. at all. So don't expect that. Don't expect it to be about records or anything like that. Another mystery that we'll talk about definitely. We'll definitely deep dive into this when we do our uh, non-spoiler episode. Is this a prequel to another Philip Seymour Hoffman movie? Yeah, I almost blew that before. I'm like, that's definitely a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, could be a prequel. We'll just leave it there, guys. I, I really 
we really want you to see this movie, and you let us know if this is a potential Phil Summer Hoffman prequel. We'll, we'll just we, leave, it leave it at that. that. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't mention, and it is very awkward, his character. Won't get into it. But John Michael Higgins is in this oh, movie. Oh, yes. We'll get, we'll get into that a little He's bit. He's a restaurant owner, so might talk about his scenes on foodie films someday. Uh. <laughs> P.T. Anderson gets away with a lot of things that other filmmakers don't. There are a couple aspects of this movie that might not be received well in mainstream Well, it's cringeworthy, cinema. but he's showing it not in good I agree. Light. I agree yeah. with you. It's nuanced. Yeah, it's nuanced. And it's also, he's, since he is just such a, like, he, like, easy way of saying it, like, lived kind of this stuff and knew people like mm-hmm. this, it's just really putting it all under, like, a magnifying glass. And there's just a lot of things. I mean, there's just there's just a lot of things in this movie that it's not um not like beating you over the head, but like it's like this is the seventies, this is the seventies, this is the seventies. So we'll get into um the potential controversy, I suppose, of that role. Uh, the other thing is the age difference between the uh, we'll call them love interests or friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's something that I could see a headline might criticize from this film oh there's yeah there's definitely like clickbait kind of headlines you can get for this movie if you watch the film it's very nuanced um there are moments in the film where you're like oh is it gonna go there yeah people there's definitely there's there's cringeworthy moan worthy moments in the sense of not that you're not enjoying it but just like oh just yeah just the insecurity the vulnerability just the it has in a uh both its story and because you have these two green actors, there is a rawness to it. And I'll tell you what, though, if you're worried that like something off color is going to happen, yeah, there are off color things that happen. But this is there's I don't think any true nudity in the film, right? No, which no, no. I just had to really yeah I had to think about it. None of that, right? There's not like there's there's no, not even yeah well there's not there's no even, violence. I mean, there's some like. Intense scenes, but there's no like think of PT Anderson level violence or PT Anderson. Yeah, this is not. Movie. I mean, hey, well, also Boogie Nights is a movie about porn industry, so we're gonna have <laughs> like I get I'm it. Try, I'm trying to wait. To let, me, let me think. I can't remember if there's anything in Heart Eight nudity wise. No, because like no, I'm not saying he does it every time. Yeah. Because does there will be blood of nudity? No, I think the only there is in a uh, the, the master. Yes, I'd say, I think I think Boogie Nights and the Master are the only two. Well, not... I, well, my point was gonna be. P.T. Anderson really uses that kind of stuff only when it's necessary. And I think if you just walked in at Boogie Nights and just saw Boogie Nights, you're going to be like, uh, what are you saying? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But that's, like you said, it's a movie about porn. And there's a lot of porn and violence in that, <laughs> in that setting here. Um, ultimately, that's not this. And I don't know. We're, we'll see in the next couple of weeks as more people watch the film how this sort of weighs on people. There will be that article that says... Why is an older person talking to this younger person? Yeah. Um, I think if you see the film, you could really see and understand the nuances of that. And if you're really, truly a watcher of this film, it doesn't feel predatory at all. No, it it doesn't feel... Well, I think it feels... There's some predatory moments, but it's almost in reverse of, like, young to the... Okay, so sorry. Let me clarify that. It doesn't feel predatory in a sense where Alana, that character, doesn't feel like she's preying on the younger. Yeah, and there's plenty. Not that it um, even it, not that it justifies it in general or justifies it in the movie, but it is brought up constantly. Even her character is like, 
is it weird that I hang out with 15 year Weird. She says <laughs> you know, it's illegal. It... And, and I'm dancing around it because I don't want to spoil the film for you guys. But but if you're going in worried about something like that, don't be worried. The yeah. film is not about that is my point. Yeah. And again, we'll deep dive more into it on uh, High School Slumber Party. But more importantly for you guys, on our later P.S. I Love Hoffman episode. No foodie films episode for Licorice Pizza. <laughs> right? No? No? Yeah. It's like it's like uh, Sean Penn with milk, you know. <laughs> Not a foodie film. I, I don't do food movies. I only do movies named after food. <laughs> I just want to say something that's pretty cool is uh, well, number one, we got to see it on seventy millimeter, which is beautiful. Yeah, and you forget about it. Like yeah. I seeing it in this the movie theater. Shot beautiful, like just the you know movie. he's always with his close ups and everything like that. Just one absolutely. of one of my favorite movies. Cinematography wise, he did most of the cinematography himself. Oh, okay. Uh, which that's what I read. Yeah. And let's, uh, this is something both lead actors, as far as physicality, like they're not your, your standard, like leading looking people. But people said that about Hoffman. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, which, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, exactly. No, no, no. So it just, it just, it, it, it just, it adds a realistic exactly. quality That's to the film. That's what I was just going to say. It just made it feel so real. But anyway, my biggest thing that I wanted to bring up is that this film has already, you know, we are in, we're recording this this Sunday of its opening weekend between four theaters in our country. Three in New York, one in LA. Which is kind of crazy that there's only one in LA, I feel like. Yeah, you think right? it's an LA, LA movie. movie you know, LA, exactly. step your game up. Uh, but um, point being, it has grossed. Three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars, only from four theaters, which each theater only has one screen of it. That's crazy. And even like uh, you know, as the, I mean, the, the article says, like even in normal times, so pre-pandemic times, that is incredibly successful. And they're going to be slowly like they're just up until Christmas when it'll be wide release. And I saw the number here before somewhere. I forget how many theaters it's going to. Um, 1,800 it'll expand to on Christmas Day. But before then, there'll be some random theaters, some more Alamo draft houses um, that'll be showing them. So, uh, you know, pay attention. That might be coming to a theater near you. For sure. This movie is starting off strong. Hope it continues. We both really, really liked it. And can't wait to really deep dive into it because I have my questions. Kyle and I both might see it again. We already discussed yeah, definitely. that. I mean, I mean, I know people that want to go see it, and then I want to see it. Kind of. Uh, besides, even I mean, God bless the people at Alamo that have their strict policies, but not conducive towards like taking notes and stuff like that. So maybe I'll catch a matinee somewhere. Still that, wouldn't have. Yeah, I was taking loose notes, but I still want to watch it for the first time. Yeah, exactly. Take, take it in. But yeah, I would love to go back and just because again, there's just like a lot of adventures in this movie. There's a lot of like characters that are only in just a few scenes or, you know, like, uh, yeah, just the brief, brief story moments. And then just some great lines that, of course, like unless you like write them down, you know, they're going to escape you. Um, so can't wait to rewatch it pretty pretty soon hopefully my favorite line just being the host of high school slumber party was fuck off teenagers when she's <laughs> running she's just fuck off teenagers anything uh else you want to say regarding licorice pizza uh i just yeah can't can't wait to uh see it again uh there were some great uh food scenes in it so i appreciated that in the foodie film sense and this was just uh 
a lot of fun to revisit with you Hoff fans. So Kyle and I, once again, will be talking about the film on my show and our show. P.S. I love Hoffman, so stay tuned on this feed for that. Again, Which around... Cooper Hoffman will be joining us in studio. I wish, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so stay tuned for that sometime around Christmas time. And yeah, thanks so much once again. And uh, stay uncool. Ooh, it's been too long. It's been too long. Sex a thing, you. I believe in miracles. Since you came.